commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. I can hear you now. Am I on? Okay. Hey, this is uh, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. This is Jesus 911. I'm coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Hobbs, New Mexico. And I'm 10-8. I'm on duty. I'm out with my partner, Paul Clay. And uh, I know Paul's having some connection problems as well. But uh, welcome to the show, the Terry and Jesse show. A lot to talk about today. One of the things we want to talk about today, we as Catholics don't really, it's, it's not something that's in our daily conversations, is the economy, the bankrupting of America. What is Catholic teaching on the debt ceiling? Does the Catholic Church have anything to say about the economy, about the free market, about capitalism? Absolutely, the Catholic Church has much to say about it. And so I want you to listen to a small clip. It's called The Bankruptcy of America. It's put out by the Prager University series. It's a short little clip. Then uh, myself and Paul, we want to make some comments on this. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? Okay. Uh, let me check with Paul. Paul, are you there? Paul, can you hear me? Okay. So we're going to put a clip right now. It's called The Bankrupting of America. And here's a couple of things that I want to point out before the engineer, my engineer, tells me that we're going to play the clip. A lot of the financial crisis that we're is suffering right now, they're preventable. I'm going to give you some of the facts. What we're, just, what we're going through right now, this inflation that we're experiencing right now, was completely preventable. And the party that blocked any attempt to prevent this inflation, it was the Democrat Party. And the party that tried to prevent this inflation was the Republican Party. Okay, Mr. Engineer, can you play the Prager University clip, please? I'm here to collect your $600,000 share of the national debt. What? We don't have $600,000? I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to your baby. Have a nice life. This isn't a made-up horror story. It's real. It is the unpaid credit card bill our kids and our grandkids are facing. Money they didn't spend, but will have to pay. The Democrats point their finger at the Republicans. The Republicans point back at the Democrats. The truth is that the politicians of both parties have brought us to the edge of this financial cliff. They say they're spending all this money with the best of intentions. The trillions are needed to end hunger and reduce inequality, provide everyone with free health care, and save the planet from global warming. But there's no way around the simple math. You can't spend what you don't have. Not indefinitely. Debts have to be repaid. We've been sweeping this problem under the proverbial rug for decades, but now we're running out of rug. During the year of the COVID crisis, a Republican president, Donald Trump, approved a massive increase in government spending. His reasoning went like this. We shut down the economy. We have to help people out. Did he go too far? Well, maybe. 
but just about everyone agreed something had to be done. Then Joe Biden, a Democrat president, entered the White House and called for $1.9 trillion in additional spending, even though $1 trillion of the previous COVID relief money had not yet been spent, and even though the economy was already well on the way to recovering. Then the new president quickly asked for another $1.1 trillion for infrastructure, which used to mean projects like roads, bridges, and airports, but now includes giveaways like electric car charging stations for Tesla owners. By the way, 19 Republican senators joined the Democrats. Nobody is blameless. But wait, that only turned out to be President Biden's opening bid. He put another $3.5 trillion in spending on the table for a whole slew of goodies. Free childcare, free community college, student loan forgiveness, expanded Medicare and Medicaid, vast subsidies for green technology, and on and on. Add all this extra spending and you arrive at $6 trillion. Yes, that's a six with 12 zeros after it. This is a level of spending we have never seen before. The numbers are so big, it's impossible to grasp. But to offer a little perspective, consider this. $6 trillion is more money adjusted for inflation than we spent on the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, World War I, World War II, the Louisiana Purchase, the Transcontinental Railroad, the Interstate Highway System, and the moon landing combined. Normally, we borrow money as a nation during a period of crisis. Then when the crisis ends, we start to pay down the debt. What the progressive left wants to do is launch the biggest spending spree in American history after the crisis is over. What's looming ahead, however, is a new crisis, a nuclear-sized debt bomb. Our multi-trillion dollar national debt was bad enough before all this proposed spending. But progressive politicians and some economists tell us we have nothing to worry about. All we need to do is tax the rich. But there aren't enough millionaires and billionaires to pay this kind of bill. Or they say, as long as China keeps buying up our debt, we're fine. We can spend all we want. But do we really want to be in debt to the Chinese for trillions of dollars? They aren't exactly our best friend. And what if there is so much debt, the Chinese and other nations can't buy all of it, even if they wanted to? You know what happens then? The U.S. government is forced to buy its own debt. This just means we print money to pay our bills. If your common sense tells you that's crazy, that's because it is. If printing money could make a nation rich, then Argentina, Venezuela, and Zimbabwe would be among the richest nations in the world. You don't have to be an economist to know that printing money is the perfect recipe for serious inflation. And inflation is a prosperity killer. It shrinks what you can buy with your paycheck, and it eats away at your savings. In the 1970s, prices rose so fast that the economy crashed and unemployment soared. Things were so bad, economists created a misery index, inflation plus unemployment, and that hit 20%. And today, prices for everything from gas to food are on the rise again. Once inflation gets going, it's hard to stop. Runaway inflation leads to financial ruin. This is what happened after World War I in Germany, for example. The debts were so high and the currency so debased that women had to bring wheelbarrows full of bills to the grocery store to pay for food. And we know where that led. If that's not the future we want for our kids, we need to stop the wild spending and defuse the debt bomb. The sooner the better. 
I'm Stephen Moore, economist of FreedomWorks for Prager University. Very solid analysis, the bankrupting of America. Paul, a lot to talk about here. To me, it seems like the Democrats and many in the Republican Party, they spend money like a teenager with their parents' credit card in a weekend in Las Vegas. They, they have no, there's a virtue, there's the medieval Catholic virtue, It was, and we don't talk about it enough, but this is old school Catholicism. It's called the virtue of temperance. In other words, it's that ability to moderate your passions. And yeah, our government has what I would call, I'm going to use a term, it's called frenetic intemperance. What, what that means is they have this, they, they can't control their emotions and their passions to spend money. And they do it acutely. They do it frenetically. And I'm, some of the blame of this, Paul, is, is our media. And I'll tell you why. Let me just make the comment. I'll pitch it over to you. Our media, they... A lot of this financial crisis is preventable. Uh, you know, the, the Democrat Party and the Uniparty, the, the, the Rhino Republicans, they're spending our money. It's not their money. But many of the, many of the papers or the local mainstream media, uh, they don't call them out on it. In other words, they just basically give them a pass. A lot of these corrupt Democrats and these Rhino Republicans, a lot of our papers uh, just don't out them like they should mm -hmm. because they're to blame for the, but a lot of these journalists, Paul, they just don't tell the truth. And so the fact is these politicians get away because the mainstream media, they keep on promoting a big fat lie. You notice all they want to talk about, they, they train people, uh, the American people to blame everything bad, even the weather on Trump, Trump. And, and the American people respond accordingly. So a lot of the reporters and a lot of the mainstream media, the fact is we are in a financial crisis right now because they don't hold the politicians' feet to the fire. What say you, Paul? Yeah, indeed, yes. Uh, all great points. Um, you know I always try to look at this through spiritual lenses. Yes. And um, sacred scripture tells us love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Mm. Jess, I'll just say this. The way society, uh, you know, you often tell us that, listen, we can pretty much uh, give the Catholic Church full credit for our Western way of life. Yes. The Catholic Church has shaped the Western world. Now, yes. there's a, now there's a caveat to that, though. You know, the free market capitalism, uh, you know, that that our and Catholic ancestors gave us is not what we are witnessing today. Not and, at I'll all. Tell you, and I'll tell you how that how that works. Um, as, uh, as 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 father explained to us, as an individual has faith and is and of course, his family then that faith then is spread out to the community at large and eventually the state. Once the state is full of men of virtue, men of faith, we'll catch it on the other side of the break. I hear the music, but this is good. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Remember Paul Clay, two lovers of the Lord Jesus Christ, two retired cops, and two 
uh, men that are in, in, in love and in the service of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Queen Mother, pray for us. Paul, we're talking about the bankrupting of America and the way our politicians, even on both sides of the aisle, they uh, they look like they seem to be like a teenager with mom and dad's credit card in a weekend in Las Vegas. Uh, what say you, Paul? You're making an analysis. I blame a lot of this on the media. The media covers this up. The media is supposed to hold their feet to the fire. They simply don't do that. Let me call yes. up the media. They don't want to hear from you. If our media would tell Americans, uh, again, that this economic crisis has been caused by the Democrats, but no, all they hear from the media is uh, Trump who's out of office, Trump is bad. Everything's blamed on Donald Trump, global warming, everything. If you don't tell the truth about the Democrats and Joe Biden, and if you don't do so with the same energy that you used to attack Donald Trump and the Republicans, then you're not journalists by any standards. You're just you're just the public relations machine of the Democratic Party. And it's time that all of you in the media are fired and that real journalists be brought in so that we can actually know what's going on in Washington, Paul. Yeah. And I agree with that wholeheartedly, everything that you just said. Uh, but uh, the, the point I was making before the break is, again, it's the ripple effect. So, you know, when you have just people, you know, forming communities, who form um, uh, eventually the state, then the state then reflects just laws. And so uh, our state today, because people have abandoned faith in the Lord, yes. people have systematically rejected God, their families reject God, the community rejects God, and eventually the state then is filled with a bunch of malformed uh, human beings. Yes. People who have a darkened in intellect, Jess. Uh, that's what happens, right? When sin goes unchecked, uh, when when people reject the grace of God, their intellect becomes darkened. Their ability to reason and make good decisions becomes darkened. They become slaves to their own flesh. Yes. And and you know you mentioned that uh, these people. Uh, the government is ripping people off. It's it's overtaxing. It's robbing people. It's stealing from them. Uh, you, you told me earlier. Uh, you said that it was uh, it was a violation of the commandment. What they're seventh doing. commandment. So yes. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not steal. And so uh, we wouldn't. I mean, what would we expect from a bunch of people who have darkened intellects and who have rejected God? They have no. Uh, virtue. They have no now. Now, are there individuals, you know, in the system that do? Of course, but I'm talking about society as a whole is going to reflect inward spiritual realities. What say you, Jess? <laughs> Paul, uh, I forgot what founding father said. This uh, he said, an immoral people elect immoral leaders. That's mm. what we're seeing right now, and yeah. so in Washington, it's a gigantic corrupt and unaccountable uh cabal of yes. elites yes. and 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 when the federal money when the federal government excuse me when they when they inflate your money it not only robs you of your money it robs you of your life and that's what they're doing with our money they're inflating yes. our money yes. if you ever wonder why the like the industrial world has become morally corrupt and even violent over the last couple of hundred years look no further than the Federal Reserve, what do they do? They're steadily 
printing money to cover vain wars, unjust yes. wars. Yes, and they monetizing print money. debt. And what else do they do? They're, they're, they print money for their socialistic giveaways that these fat cat politicians instigate and promulgate so that they can be reelected. Paul, I remember when I was a kid, and, and these days are almost gone. My mother stayed home to nurture us. But unfortunately, Paul, now it takes two income to, to a two-income mom and dad, two-income parents to support latchkey kids who lack discipline. They eat junk food all day long. And that's one major reason, by the way, just on a micro level, why we have so many gangs in this country and school shootings and suicidal kids suffering from, uh, you know, the sugar blues and serious depression. Uh, these are zombie kids without a life, thanks to the government who's, who's caused this inflation and forces both mom and dad to go out there and work. Mm. Yeah, well said. Uh, it's all connected. You know, I, I often say, you know, the, the knee bones connected to the shin bone, right? The shin bones connected to the ankle bone. Remember the old song? Well, yeah, guess yes. what? All yeah. of these things are connected. And at the risk of sounding conspiratorial, like I'm a conspiracy theorist, um, you know that the, the number one billionaire donor for the Democratic Party is one named George Soros. Mm. And you also know that, uh, you know, he on his website, you know, he said things like a systematic decline of the U.S. economy is desirable, you know, uh, but it, it, it's like playing the old game, uh, the straw on the camel's back. Eventually, you know, you pull out one straw, you pull out one straw, and then all of a sudden the game, you know, it used to collapse and we didn't know who it was going to collapse on. Uh Jess, we can't avoid playing this game is a dangerous game and we cannot avoid uh, uh, collapse, in my opinion. Uh, my son uh, was working in, in retail and he used to tell me stories every night about, oh, we had another one come in and people coming in and just blatantly stealing. And I said, well, what does the security guard do? And he's oh, well, he's not allowed to touch him or anything. He just documents it. And they just walk out. Wow. So every night, you know, so 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 I, wow. uh, my wife told me that she she just read an article here in Nevada that they're getting ready to um, stop the SNAP benefits. And that's essentially ever since COVID, with all those trillions of dollars of COVID relief money, uh, people who would normally get, you know, $80, essentially that's food stamps. Uh, people that would normally get uh, $80 for food, for help, have been getting upwards of six or $700, Jess. Mm. And, and that is getting ready to stop. What do you think is going to happen when they cut those benefits? When you start taking people's money away, people are going to take to the streets and they're going to become violent. And there's not enough cops on planet Earth to stop the violence if there's a civil unrest. If there's a national civil unrest, because people don't have enough money. They're going to be walking the streets like zombies, Paul, going back to their primal instincts, which is survival of the fittest. Yeah. So, so Jess, you sound like uh, an alarmist. Are you sure this is <laughs> Listen, listen, we've been collectively, he and I, I don't know how many years of law enforcement experience we have, but we worked for the largest sheriff's department in the free in the world. world. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I can tell you this, this uh, is listen up because there aren't enough uh, 
law enforcement officers out there, coupled with the fact that of recent, the hands have been tied of law enforcement so that they can no longer do their job effectively. So evil is essentially going unchecked. Everybody sees the climate, just They've also, like, I'll, I'll use California as an example, um, possession of methamphetamine, possession of uh, uh, heroin, possession of uh, a GHB, the date rape drug, uh, all of these things have been lowered from felonies to misdemeanors, which basically is essentially as you write them a ticket. Um, <laughs> you know, they raised uh, petty theft. Uh, you know, it, it used to be for anything um, under $400. Well, now it's uh, you, you can go up to like uh, $900 and it's just petty theft. They got rid of petty theft with a prior. So it used to be wow. if you stole something, you remember uh, the first time it was it was petty theft. But if you did it the second time, no matter how much it was, it was a felony. It was petty theft with a prior. Right. That's right. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. So these are habitual criminals that haven't learned their lessons. So they would be penalized, you know, with the, with the felony uh, punishable by state prison. Uh, I'm not saying that they would have got it on that, but 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 eventually, you know, it would lead to that. Uh, people and society now are out of control. Um, drugs. They're basically saying, uh, you know, go ahead and use drugs so long as you don't sell them for profit, you know, and you can have it for personal use, but you know, these people using the drugs, what are they going to do, Jess? They are going to, uh, it, it, it distorts their reality. You, I'm going to pass the mic to you, Jess. What is all of this going to do? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what we're seeing right now, Paul. Uh, the root cause of our troubled economy, in my opinion, it's a failure to live according to the timeless principles of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay. Our, our U.S. economy has been in decline. Because we've uh, we're navigating the dangerous waters right now. Because what we've done, we've abandoned ethical, moral capitalism mm. and the free market economy. Yes, and we've embraced socialism and anarchy and revolution. And these are the things that have shipwrecked many nations in history. Mm -hmm. One of the virtues of, of Catholicism is called the virtue of temperance. In other words, you're able to govern your passions. You're able to harness your disordered appetites. The, our government, Paul, is intemperate. They're not temperate. They're intemperate. And I would actually say that they're radically intemperate. Yes. And, and, and a definition of, of radically intemperate would mean somebody who has no restraint of their emotions, somebody who just wants to gratify their disordered passions. Right. That is our government right now, Paul. Far yes. from providing a free market. This the the radical intemperance of our government to to satiate their appetites. They want more money, more money. What they're doing, they're throwing our society out of balance. Yes. They're bringing disorder into society, yes. and the only thing that brings a return to order is know going it. back to Catholic principles. <laughs> oh, go, going back to Catholic principles and bringing Amen. in gospel principles to the free market, gospel yeah. principles yes. to capitalism. This is yeah. the only thing, Paul, that can stop this, this radical intemperance that right now plagues our government that has this insatiable appetite for more and more money, more and more wars. Yes, well said. Listen, so what I'm hearing uh, from you is that the capitalism that we see being exercised on a, on a daily basis here, 24-7 in the Western world, is a distortion yes. of 
of, 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 of the beautiful gift that the Catholic Church, and I, I'll say it again, the Catholic Church has yes. given us the free market capitalism. But when you have, uh, when you, when society essentially rejects God, the community rejects God, and then the state rejects God, and then you're filled with unjust laws, and we're witnessing that on every level, these unjust laws, right? Yes. Uh, I'm thinking about the, uh, you're talking about uh, darkened intellect. I remember San Francisco, they said, oh, you know, we're such a sanctuary place. We want to, it's no longer illegal, illegal to defecate on the street. <laughs> you know, I'm not kidding you. This is the kind of craziness <laughs> that we see being demonstrated because why? Sin, we always say it, don't get offended. Sin makes, makes you stupid. That's it right. It darkens the intellect. Go ahead, Jess. <laughs> Paul, you know, in the Middle Ages and in, in Middle Age Catholicism, one of the things that the Middle Age economics that governed Europe, they had this passion. For now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, Dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. The Catholic Church has a lot to say about financial responsibility. So Catholic teaching and the debt ceiling in the 2023 State of the Union address, Joe Biden urged Congress to raise the debt ceiling as lawmakers uh, debate government spending and borrowing. Catholic Vote put out an article which gives us a simple explanation. So what is the debt ceiling? Why does it matter? Can it be fixed? What does Catholic social teaching say about national debt? So what is it? As with any household, the U.S. and the United States federal government has income and expenses. The income comes from our taxes, which have steadily increased throughout American history. So has spending. In fact, since World War I, Congress has spent more than it makes. It cannot pay for its own operations out of the revenue it makes from taxes. In order to fund programs, the U.S. has been borrowing money from other countries. When you owe money, that's called debt. And as with a credit card debt or a mortgage, the American people pay interest on the money we owe. The debt ceiling, then, is the legal limit on the amount of money Congress can borrow to pay for its programs. That limit started at $45 billion in 1939, the dawn of World War II, and now sits at $31.3 trillion. Both Republican and Democrat majorities have historically voted to raise the ceiling in order to avoid defaulting. Why we keep raising the ceiling? Once the federal government hits the legal limit of debt, there are extraordinary measures the Treasury can take to avoid defaulting on the loans. But once those are exhausted, the government can take on no more debt and soon run, runs out of cash. Incoming money from taxes does not cover the cost of federal programs, and the government will not be able to meet its obligations when payment comes due. In 2012, a Treasury Inspector General report noted that the least harmful scenario in this case would be to suspend all government payments, including Social Security, salaries for federal civilian employees, and veterans' benefits, amongst others. Instead, Congress has voted to raise the debt ceiling and take on more debt in order to continue to fund its spending. Paul, you want to pick it up why it matters? Why it matters now. 
According to a, a 2023 Moody's Analytics report, the United States Treasury will not have the cash to pay all its bills on time later this year unless Congress increases, suspends, or eliminates the debt ceiling. As of January 19, 2023, the Treasury was forced to take extraordinary measures to avoid faulting, excuse me, to avoid defaulting on its promises. Moody, Moody's predicts that the Treasury will default as early as June of 2023 and no later than October this year. Both sides of the political aisle agree this would be disastrous. Uh, the short-term solution is to simply raise the debt ceiling again. In his State of the Union address, President Biden advocated for this option, urging Congress to protect the full faith and credit of the United States. If Congress continues to vote to raise the debt limit, taking on more debt as current rates, experts estimate that the U.S. debt will top $89 trillion in 2029, at that point, interest payments will constitute 15% of the federal budget. Experts suggest that at some point, Congress must adopt long-term solutions. Eventually, interest rates will rise and eat up more than the monthly federal budget. This will be a heavy burden on future generations of Americans whose taxes will have to meet those increases. According to a 2020 report, from the Congressional Budget Office, long-term solutions would necessarily include uh, uh, a return to responsible spending. The federal bu budget should meet interest payments on our loans, begin to pay down outstanding debt and limit spending based on the remaining revenue. Jess, I just wanna stop right there and make a little bit of comment. Yes. Um, no, neither side of the aisle uh, has the political will to do any of this because for them, yeah. it's, it's just maintaining power. It's staying in office and no party wants to be in power when uh, to, to enact these, what, what would realistically be draconian cutbacks. Mm. Uh, people have been, um, weaned on these government handouts for so long, this welfare state that we live in. Um, and, and by the way, here in Nevada, our, you know, our population is on the rise as, as, you know, as California is beginning to decline. But one of the reasons why is because, you know, and I, and I, I saw a lot of people asking questions, does Nevada still, you know, give out, you know, um, the SNAP, uh, increases in the SNAP program. People wanna go to where the money is being handed out. And so they're migrating all across the country. This, this, this problem that we have with homelessness is only the beginning because uh, the drugs in, induced stupor that people are in eventually leads them to homelessness. Yes. Uh, these people, yeah, these people just, they're not gonna be able to survive on their own. And when when both parties, uh, uh, you know, finally realize that we're, we're, we're going to have one of two choices, we're either going to have to seriously cut back so much so that the people are going to greatly suffer 
I mean, imagine what you what you read about, uh, you know, the simple solution basically is to essentially get rid of the federal government. That was the central, uh, yes, you know, the, the yeah. simple solution. Don't right. pay any any federal employees. Okay, there then you have no federal government. That's the solution. <laughs> but yeah. if that as if that's a simple solution at that point, we don't have a country. We don't have a uh, we don't have um, uh, uh, an effective uh, army. Uh, you know, uh, you know, peace through strength, you know, that whole philosophy. So obviously that's not the answer. So right. the only, so the only answer is they're going to keep on driving this car and driving this car and kicking the can down the road until one day we're all going to wake up and guess what? Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall and Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, you know, and, and, and when he broke into pieces, all the King's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again, Jess. And that is exactly where we are headed. Paul, we're, we're going the way of the Roman empire. Let's just be honest. Yes. We're going, yes. we're going the way of the Roman empire. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, Catholic social teaching. The article says Catholic leaders in the modern era have said very little about international debt and the fiscal responsibilities of governments. In light of the world, however, Pope Benedict XVI identified high levels of both individual and national debt with a grave moral disorder. The willingness of nations to take on massive debt demonstrates a practical atheism mm. that lives at the expense of future generations, Pope Benedict wrote. This is, what a, what a mind, that, that, that man was, for one of the modern popes, he was one of the great ones. This is a moral failure to practice solidarity, which means brotherhood, fraternity, mm -hmm. with our posterity, with our children. Pope Benedict stated, we live on the basis of appearances, and the huge debts are meanwhile treated as something we're simply entitled to. His warnings, grounded in the social teaching of the Catholic Church, should inspire American lawmakers as they confront the current debt ceiling and consider solutions. Mm. Pope Benedict, pray for us. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Pray for us, Pope Benedict. Yeah. Listen, um, uh, again, Jess, uh, there is no easy way out of this. No. Um, no. Yeah. We have we have essentially allowed ourselves, uh, you know, to, to walk down this road. And the only, you know, you, you hear these politicians talking back and forth. Um, far be it that any party should say, Let's cut back social. Uh, let's cut back social security. You know that's one of the untouchable benefits, right? And along right. with that, and along with that comes the uh, SSI checks and and everything else. You know, <laughs> uh, the uh, I mean the um, uh, what you know when the inmates would get out of jail, they would get uh, uh, benefits and so forth. People who've never paid into the system get all these benefits. I mean, it's just you you know we got immigrants coming over that you know that uh, you know. Uh, some of the illegal immigrants, illegal. Yeah, have, and some of we them have no, are we have, we, benefits. Yeah, we have no problem with immigrants. We have problem with illegal immigrants. Well, yes, let me talk yes. a little bit of. Let me talk a little bit about the entitlement. This this whole entitlement attitude. It come from. It comes from Lyndon B. Johnson's his Great Society that he set up in the sixties. What he did, Paul, whether he knew it or not, he set up a grossly immoral system whereby millions of people were taught that they had an entitlement to pick the pockets of law-abiding, tax-paying families if they met two conditions. Number one, if they didn't work. And number two, if they were not married to someone who did not work. So what happened? 
This destroyed the work ethic, Paul. And, 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 and we began subsidizing illegitimacy by giving single moms money and scores of benefits. It, right. Yeah. Such as welfare, food, food stamps, Medicaid, housing subsidies, WIC, uh, child credits, S-chips. Lyndon B. Johnson's welfare system, what it did, whether he knows it or not, it undermined marriage and it greatly increased all the social problems that flow from fatherless homes, such as drugs you talked about, wanton sex, suicide, runaways, schools, dropouts. And then the feminists jumped in. They rejoiced because all the cash went to the women and, and thereby deconstructing what they called the oppressive patriarchy. And the liberals rejoiced because their handouts required more bureaucrats and higher taxes. Entitlement, Paul, the entitlement culture that was brought in, one of the consequences, Thomas Sowell, the famous uh, conservative economist, he said this, quote, one of the consequences of entitlements is that people who have contributed nothing to society feel that society owes them something, apparently just for being nice enough to grace us with their presence, close quote. You're listening to Jesus 911, Paul and Jess. Uh, we'll be right back. We'll be talking about entitlements, the seventh commandment in relation to these entitlements and the redistribution of wealth. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. To Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151. Jesus 911, two lovers of Christ, two lovers of Our Lady, two retired cops. Uh, we're always 10 8 for Jesus. We're always 10 8 in service of Holy Mother of the Church. Paul, we're talking about Catholic, uh, Catholic teaching and the debt ceiling. The Catholic Church, again, using the principles of justice the principles of temperance, the church has a lot to say, but I think one of the big areas that's a violation of the seventh commandment, thou shall not steal, is what the government does. The government takes from Peter and gives to Paul, doesn't ask, it just takes us and keeps increasing what they take. And so what's happened, Paul? They're destroying the work ethic. Why? Because they, they're, they're turning many communities into little welfare cities, into little welfare states. And the fact is, uh, this uh, this whole in, the entitlements we should we should list them as the as the eighth deadly sin. I know there's seven deadly sins in the Bible. I would say that entitlement is the eighth deadly sin. Why? Yeah. Because it teaches us that true happiness is based solely on material gain, the, you know, instant gratification, the, the saturation of physical pleasures instead of happiness. Comes from spiritual communion with God, not your welfare check, not your EBT cards. And what entitlement also does, Paul, government entitlements, it appeals to our low, lower nature of envy, our lower nature of greed. And so the culture of entitlements fostered by, by the woke presidents, specifically Democrats, what happens, moral laxity comes in. Yes. In other words, in other, instead of people pursuing work to find their dignity and working and providing for their family, 
Now the moral laxity, it, it produces what I would call the pursuit of self. Uh, they're centered on their physical happiness, their narcissism. And this whole, this whole entitlement mentality, Paul, it even goes directly against one of the great Democrat presidents, John F. Kennedy, who back in 1961, in his inaugural presidential speech, he said something that the Repu that the Democrats would have him, they would have him kicked out of the party today. He said this, quote, and so my fellow Americans, ask not what you your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country, close quote. Guess what, Paul? Today, that speech would get him thrown out of the Democrat party. Yes, yes. Yes, uh, St. Paul tells us in sacred scripture, I believe it's in 2 Thessalonians, that if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. <laughs> now, now we could say, well, that's what St. Paul said, but he was wrong on that. No, that's what St. Paul said, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. That's right, that's right. Okay, that's God-breathed scripture. So if you want to know what God's take on the situation is, God is, you know, this idea, uh, you know, that it's the Christian thing to, you know, uh, to, to, to train society to, you know, uh, to just look for scraps, at, you know, as his dignity is constantly being assailed and he sinks lower and lower and lower into his depression. And so what we're seeing is on a wholesale level, society is losing its freedom and that includes the free market capitalist system, the middle class is being dissolved and people are becoming essentially, effectively, practically slaves, okay? And you know that communism is a form of slavery. This yeah. is actually the, the religion of the anti, uh, the, the, the government of the antichrist. Yes. And uh, Christ came to set us free and the devil, and, and, and the Antichrist, we know it was all about human slavery. And this is what we see. So everything's connected, the spiritual and what we see being manifested in our physical reality. They are 100% connected. No prayer in public schools. Uh, you know, uh, the, oh, by the way, Jess, I believe this can be also uh, made for an argument, as you know, in our Catholic faith. God doesn't simply declare us righteous. He makes us righteous. So yeah. as the Catholic church is proclaimed, you know, from the hilltops and people embrace it, the great, the grace of God, which is the life of God poured in us, you know, uh, begins to transform a man and change a man and he manifests goodness. And so what we see the opposite when, when the Catholic faith, uh, faith has been rejected, we see man, uh, uh, you know, kind of giving up and saying, hey, I can only be a dunghill covered with snow. I mean, at, at best. And therefore, you know, I'm really just a piece of crap. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what motivates them. Or should I say uh, it, it, it works the opposite. It does not motivate them. You know, they, they talk about the Protestant work ethic. No, you know, the Catholic work ethic is is what shaped uh, the history of the Western world. Yeah, let me, you just, uh, yeah, they, I want to go to uh, onto something else about Catholicism, the way it started capitalism. You just triggered something. Mm -hmm. 
There's a Catholic theologian, uh, Dr. Michael Novak. He says this, quote, Today's historians find capitalism much earlier than that in rural areas where monasteries, especially Mm. those of Catholic monks, began to rationalize economic life. The Catholic Church was the main locus for the first flowering of capitalism, close Mm -hmm. quote. Even sociologists, even Protestant sociologists, Randall Collins, he says of the monks in the Middle Ages, he says this, quote, those Catholic monks had the Protestant ethic without Protestantism, close quote. And uh, it, it was these Catholic monks in the early Middle Ages, they're the ones that developed the idea of free market economics 500 years even before Adam Smith. But the only way this works, Paul, it has to purify with it, with gospel principles, yes. with virtue. That yes. that's a that's a core component of our civil society for the free market to work, because the free market established by the monks in the early Middle Ages, it's a system where everyone's natural rights are defended, and where everyone plays in the same field and by the same rules. So a free market is a place where talent and determination are not suppressed and where innovations lift the standards of living for all. Mm. Here's what Cardinal Dolan said from New York. He says something very good about the free market. He says, the Catholic church has long taught that the value of any economic system rests on the personal virtue of the individuals who take part in it and on the morality of their day-to-day decisions in business. Business can be a noble vocation, so long as those engaged in it also serve the common good, acting with a sense of generosity in addition to self-interest, close quote. That was Cardinal Timothy Dolan. And so the answer to free market, the free market isn't government control. It's applying Christian virtue to your business. Mm-hmm. And, and entrepreneurs, they can help themselves. How? Catholic Church has always said, by helping others. Capitalism at its core is an expression of altruism. That is generosity or giving of yourself. An entrepreneur can only succeed by satisfying a customer's needs. That's why capitalism and only capitalism infused with the gospel can create the prosperity that all societies crave and why all other economic prescriptions are doomed to failure. Mm -hmm. Capitalism it works when it's it's infused with gospel principles. Why? Capitalism causes people to be nice. What do I mean by that? Well, because capitalists, they want to make money. So they're going to be nice and courteous and kind. They're going to bend over backwards to get your business. Govern- For example, look at like FedEx compared to the post office. The government employees in the post office, oftentimes they're snarky and kind of mean. You know why? They're going to get a check. It doesn't matter what how they act at the end of the day. But somebody from FedEx and some, somebody from these private couriers, they want your business. They run to your stores, doorstep with your package. They run back to the truck. They're nice. They're courteous. Again, you just think about dealing with employees from the DMV or even some police departments or the post office. They treat you like cattle because you're just a number to them. But compare that to a capitalist system like a restaurant. Or dealing again with UPS or FedEx, they want your business, they need your business, so they're forced to be nice and courteous to you. Yeah, yeah. Jess, 
Listen, America has gone from being the envy of the world, right? Because, you know, it was infused with Christian ideology uh, along with this capitalist system. So we went from being the envy of the world to the disdain of the world. And that's where we are today. And if you notice, the only religion that is under attack, and I'll specifically say, yes, it's the Christian religion, but specifically the Catholic religion. The one holy Catholic and apostolic church is in the sights uh, of of the devil. Why? Because it is Catholic thought. It is Catholic idea that must be suppressed because mm-hmm. it is the only hope for mankind. And I'll say that again. And I'm not ashamed to say that just because it is the God, uh, it, is, it, it is the uh, God-ordained truth. Because yes. why? The Catholic Church is the mystical body of Christ. And if you notice, all those other religions out there, uh, you, know, uh, you know, they're not doing a whole lot for the world, you nope. know? And you you bring it up often. Oh, we're the Catholic Church is responsible for uh, our universities, our hospitals. Yeah. Our, I mean, you it's a litany of everything yeah. that you like about this world that you think is a good thing. Our Catholic Church brought, uh, brought us. But yes. unfortunately, of late, it has been distorted. Why? Because as people reject God, as people reject absolute truth, uh, objective truth, they uh, and things and they slip into moral relativism they become god man becomes the center and not our savior the lord jesus christ amen that's a wrap eow end of watch i'm sure the music's going to be coming up pray your rosary every day read yes. your bible every single day no excuses go to mass as often as possible remember this is lent fast give alms do penance and go to confession if you're not in a state of if you're not in a state of grace get to confession and live in a state of grace. Life is Amen. short, eternity's forever. That's a wrap. EOW, end of watch. Up next, Gary Machuda, hands on apologetics. As for me and Paul Cray, we are out. God bless you. Keep the faith.